0: For anyone who has ever sought to find the price of healthcare services before obtaining them, it will come as little surprise that information is not readily available. A recent study from Public Agenda, with support from the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation and the New York State Health Foundation, set out to find out how Americans seek and use healthcare price information. We spoke to David Schleifer, Director of Research for Public Agenda, about to what extent healthcare consumers seek price information, the implications of having a system with little price transparency, and what can be done to fix the problem.
1: David, thanks for joining us. Um, Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here.
0: We're going to talk about recent research from Public Agenda, the state of price transparency in healthcare today, and what can be done to change that one of the arguments that's often made is that consumers of healthcare aren't generally the ones that pay for it. And that's, there's this disconnect and this disconnect is one reason that many people don't do price comparisons before obtaining healthcare. But before we get into the findings in your report, what is the landscape and and to what extent do people in the United States pay for their own healthcare?
1: Good question. I mean, People are really on the hook for a lot of their health care costs. I would actually I would sort of dispute the notion that um that people don't um pay for their health care directly. I mean certainly, you know, uninsured people are on the hook for everything and there's there's still millions millions of uninsured Americans. Um but even people who have um you know, insurance through their employers, um uh, face significant out of pocket costs in the form of um, premiums um, that often are coming straight out of their paychecks. And then, of course, deductibles, coinsurance, and co pays. Um, I mean, there are people who have deductibles in the multiple thousands of dollars. Um, and, you know, we know that wages um, are are stagnating for a lot of people. So, you know, uh, two, three, four, five, or even $6,000 deductible, which some people have, that, um, takes a pretty significant bite out of, um, people's income. So, um, people really are on the hook for, for a lot of the cost of their care. Um, and, you know, I think some, some, uh, some policy folks in Washington would, would probably add that, of course, people really pay for, all of healthcare because, um, as taxpayers, we're paying for um, things like Medicare, Medicaid, um, you know, veterans insurance and the like. So we're, we're all paying for it um, somehow.
0: Well, there is a, a stunning lack of transparency in healthcare, but one of the things I found most surprising in your findings is that many people are unaware that price differences even exist how is that possible and what did you find
1: yeah it's definitely hard for for those of us who you know pay attention to um healthcare we know that there can be really significant um price variation you could um you know pay very different prices for the same service the same mri down the block from each other, you know, in the same city. Um, what we found was that less than half of Americans um, think that doctors. Um, less than half of Americans are aware that some doctors charge more than others for the same services. We also asked about hospitals, and less than half are aware that some charge. Some hospitals charge more than others for the same services. Um, we asked about, you know, doctors or hospitals in people's networks or in their, in their, um, geographic areas. And the rest, um, they either think doctors or hospitals charge pretty much the same price for the same service or they don't know. And actually, a lot of people say they don't know. So 19% of people say they don't know whether, uh, some doctors charge more than others. I think that's, in in a way the fact that so many people are willing to admit that they don't know is is kind of encouraging because it shows that there's room for um you know for some some progress on that issue there's room to improve the percent of people who are aware that prices really can and do vary
0: to what extent do people actually seek price information before obtaining healthcare services and do they comparison shop or do they simply seek the information from a single provider and deciding whether or not to have a specific procedure done or get certain types of care? Right.
1: Yeah. So we found that a half of Americans, 50 uh, percent, said they had tried to find health care price information before getting care. Um, we found that actually somewhat higher percentages said they had done so in Texas, New Hampshire, and Florida, which were three of the other states where we focused this research. Um, the number of people who had tried to find price information in New York was 48%. It was statistically about the same as the 50% who tried to do so nationally. But I think a really important thing to understand about this research is that looking for price information does not mean comparing prices. People often use this term shopping around, like people are going shopping for a sweater or something. And uh, that's just not what a lot of people are doing. So um, we found that, you know, with if you think of that 50% of Americans who try to find price information, within that, there are, um, there's 20% who tried to compare multiple providers' prices, 28% who tried to check one provider's price, a few who we we couldn't tell which they'd done. And then the rest, you'd never saw price information at all. So about one in five Americans has actually tried to compare multiple providers' prices.
0: And is there any correlation you found between people seeking price information and they're actually saving money?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Um, we asked people who had tried to find price information you know, did they did they save money? And more than half said that they had, I think it was 53% of Americans said that they had. And actually, in some states, it was higher. In, in Texas, 69% of people who tried to compare prices report that they saved money. I think part of what's interesting about this finding is that if you, um, you know, a lot of the other research on this topic, while, while very good, uh has looked only at how people use online price information tools and has found limited usage of those tools and limited price savings for people who do use those tools. But because we asked about a whole broad range of sources that people might use to try to get price information, I think we have a more complete picture of where people are going for this information and therefore um, we're better able to pick up how many people are saving money, choosing less expensive providers, um, and, you know, um, ultimately, we hope, kind of protecting themselves from some of the high health care prices that are out there.
0: So we think of information today being ubiquitous. Where do people go to get price information? How easily is it obtained? And, and are there reliable sources of information they can turn to?
1: It's a good question. I think that, again, when people hear price transparency, um, people just think about websites. uh, That's what people picture. I think especially for those of us who work at a desk and sit at a computer all day, of course, we do everything online. But when we ask people how they are actually trying to find price information, there's really a much broader range of sources that people are turning to. Um, you know, there's there's some slight differences between the states, but for the most part, you know, most the most frequently used source is friends and family, and that's similar for all sorts of things. It's not really surprising. Then people are asking their insurance company either either by using their insurer's website or by calling their insurers on the phone, and we didn't actually break those out separately. You know, we just asked have you You know, have you contacted your insurance company or used your insurer's website? as kind of one item. I sort of, in retrospect, wish we had asked those two things separately. Um, But then, you know, people are asking their doctors. They're asking their receptionist or other staff in their doctor's office. Those are sort of the top sources. And then there's some others, hospital, building department, nurse. um, Sort of pretty far down the list of, of commonly used sources are websites, other than people's insurers' website. Um, And, of course, there are a lot of these websites out there. Only about 20% of people who tried to find price information said they had used them. And then mobile apps were the the least commonly used source. We have a sense from our, our focus groups that people like talking to a human being about price information, in part because it's part of a bigger interaction about, like, where am I in my deductible, for example. Um, and, you know, when we did the focus groups for this report, we found that a lot of people said, you know, they they wanted to talk to a human being. They wanted to talk to someone who could help them understand the information they were getting, answer other questions along the way, and, yeah, tell them where they were in the deductible so they'd know how much was it was going to cost them
0: payers would like to see consumers grow more price sensitive. Uh, certainly, one they've done that is by shifting costs more to consumers. But have they done anything to, to make this information more readily available? And if so, has it had any impact?
1: Yeah, certainly we know that a lot of insurers have price information tools and this wasn't really wasn't really part of what we focused on in our in our research, but I've seen estimates from other other researchers that you know virtually every insurer has a price information tool. Um, whether those tools are any good or how good they are, I think is another question. I know that Consumer Reports has done some work on trying to sort of set some standards for what, what a good price information tool from an insurer ought to look like. Um, so, you know, these tools are definitely out there, but I think that there are sort of questions about... Um, there's I think there's variation in quality of these tools. And I also think that one... You know, one question that I, I don't know. Um, I don't know if these tools necessarily, you know, which insurer's tools answer this, but do they give comparative price information? You know, do they say, well, you could, if you get the procedure here, then it's going to cost this much, but if you go down the street, you might be able to save some money. I, I don't know how many tools actually do that.
0: Do people think if they shop around and save money that it comes at the cost of quality?
1: No, no. That was one of, the, um, one of the findings that we were really excited about. When we did this research before, we found that most Americans do not think higher price care is higher quality. And when we did this research again, we confirmed most people do not think that higher price care is higher quality. Um, most people don't think lower price care is lower quality. The responses to that are are a little different, but but overall people really don't think that cost and quality are associated. So, you know, and I, I think that that's different from what a lot of healthcare experts had believed for a long time. And I think it's, um, you know, I think it's encouraging because I think it means that people aren't worried that they're going to, get worse quality care if they go, you know, to the less expensive provider.
0: State governments play a great role in regulating health care. Is there a wide variance in approach that states have taken with regards to price transparency? And, and has that had any effect? States
1: do vary quite a bit. Um, it's There's another organization called Catalyst for Payment Reform that has done quite a bit of research on what states are doing in terms of price transparency. Catalyst gives very few states, I think only three or four, a grade of A for their price transparency um, regulation. Most states get an F. I think 43 states get an F. But a lot of states are in this process of trying to figure out what they can do, what they should do. One of the things that um i think about half of states have done is create something called an all payer claims database which it sounds boring but it's a really crucial sort of piece of the price transparency data infrastructure because it's a it's a data repository that brings together data from all sorts of payers across the state and that can be used as a data source for price information websites or for all kinds of, um, you know, other initiatives the state might want to undertake. There are states like New Hampshire. New Hampshire is sort of regarded as uh, having the most advanced price information website as a state. Um, and, you know, because you can put in your own insurance information, your own deductible, your own coinsurance, and it'll tell you the price that you will pay that's pretty advanced compared to what most states have
0: who's in the best position to improve price transparency i think that there are
1: roles for a lot of different players in in this you know i think states certainly have a role to play i mean we certainly saw in the survey that that a strong majority of the people think that their states should provide comparative price information. So I think states definitely have their roles to play. Insurers certainly have an interest in helping people save money, although we did find that most people think insurers are mostly interested in making money. So I think there's a bit of a trust gap there between insurers and the public, um, that I think there's, there's some work to be done Um, in kind of um, bridging that gap. And then certainly uh, physicians, doctors, and their staff. This isn't just about doctors, but most people really favor doctors and their staff talking to patients about price. Um, I think that those can be awkward conversations probably for, for both sides, but most People say that 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 you know we found that in our survey that most people say it's a good idea for doctors to talk about price with patients. So I think that there's certainly roles for for all of those um, for all of those stakeholders to play.
0: What types of action do you think would would be most helpful, and and should certain segments of the population be be more targeted than others for this type of information?
1: Well. Not surprisingly, the most um the, the the some of the folks that were most likely to be seeking price information are people with higher deductibles. There's actually kind of a perfect line um between the size of people's deductibles and their likelihood of seeking price information. So certainly people with those those higher deductibles are the most obvious kind of Audience for price information, but they're not the only one. I mean, one of the things we found was that, um, at least in some states, people who have um, recent experience having been uninsured were more likely to be looking for price information. So, something about that—you um, know—that recent experience of of having been without insurance coverage. Those are folks who we found are more likely to be looking for price information. So I, I think that there's, you know, reason to focus on the newly insured or people who have this kind of churn in their insurance. And then um, one of our other findings that that I I think was interesting was that people who say they're they're a caregiver that they're making a healthcare decision for another adult family member, those folks are more likely to be um, people who are comparing prices are more likely to be making uh, health care decisions for another adult family member. There's something we think about, you know, being in that, that caregiver role that um, seems to be associated with seeking, with, with not just seeking price information, but with comparing prices.
0: And, and in terms of any specific recommendations you'd have to improve transparency?
1: Well, as I said, you know, I think there there are roles for, certainly for doctors uh, and for doctor staff, in getting more comfortable talking about price with patients because, you know, that's one of the most commonly, doc, doctors and their staff are one of the most commonly used sources of that information. And, you know, they're right there in the exam room. I mean, I think that there's there's some um, tough questions to be answered about how to fit that into clinical workflow and I know that there's some um, there are other other organizations that are are working on those questions right now. Um, so I certainly think there's a role for for doctors and um, you know, I think that states certainly can do can do more. Um, I think that you know, a lot of states don't even have um, uh, Alpair claims database, so I think there's there's certainly, Reason for states to consider doing that because that that is the um, you know the sort of the underlying data that's needed for for price transparency. Um, I really also would like to just make sure that people understand the full range of ways that price information gets transmitted to to patients and and really just make sure that it's not all about building the coolest website, because no matter how good the website is, if that's not where people want to go for the information, or if they don't know it's there, then it's not. that's not meeting people's needs. So, you know, their, their roles for, I mean, for, you know, the customer service reps on the at, at the insurance company, I think, are kind of an untapped resource here. You know, it's not very sexy, but if, if that's one of the places where people are going to try to get the information they need, then we certainly need to make sure that that those folks on the other end of the line are able to help people, you know, get the information that they want about how much their medical care is going to cost them.
0: David Schleifer, director of research for the nonpartisan and nonprofit Public Agenda, the report is still searching and can be found on the Public Agenda website. David, thanks so much for your time today.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me.